0: grace to you and peace from god our father and from our lord and savior jesus to all of you gathered here this morning those joining us through our cable broadcast or even through the internet hear the word of the lord from mark chapter one after jesus had heard the man's plea to heal him it says jesus stretched out his hand touched him and said i am willing be clean And then after telling him not to say anything, we hear this. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Definition of a hero? Well, one definition says a hero is someone who, in the face of danger and adversity or from a position of weakness displays courage and the will for self-sacrifice for some greater good of all humanity. How would you define worship? Well, I'd say worship is the act of showing respect and love for a God, whatever that may be, and especially by praying with other people who believe in the same God. A minor miracle is mounted by the fact that there are no injuries spread among the near hysterical crowd. This truly is a social document for our time. Hero worship, the foolish or excessive adulation for an individual. Who is your hero? as we are in the second week of a a series of sermons that that talk about our hero. And as we heard last week with talking about a hero's way, and the birth of Christ and how his way was so different from what other heroes may be, so today we get to talk about hero worship. But when you take the two words separately and their definitions— And then you combine them into one concept, hero worship, you come up something completely different, do you not? And so today we look at how is it that we can worship our true hero. And maybe to do that we need to consider how the world and ourselves at times may worship those heroes that maybe truly aren't the type of hero we may want to talk about. So who is your hero? I'm not sure how you'd answer that blank. It doesn't matter to me if you want to put in a name or a group or people or any number of things. But as we talk about the true hero, we of course are using our Savior Jesus as that standard. And what's interesting is I don't think many people's heroes would be, well, what you would describe as timid or as weak or helpless very vulnerable and yet that's precisely who our hero is. As Jesus came to the Jordan and was baptized by John and so forth there was an occasion where John saw Jesus coming and he said to them he said look the lamb God Of God who takes away the sin of the world. That was the precise message of our second graders who shared their song that Jesus, our hero, is a lamb. One who fulfilled his role perfectly, who was made helpless, who was the sacrifice, so that the good of all humanity could be benefited. Now, Having said that, I think it's important for us to take a few moments, as and if you'd like, we're following the sermon outline in our worship folder, to think about what is it that makes our heroes our heroes. And one way to ask that question is, what does your hero do? I want to mention that not everyone we might call a hero in this life, in this world, that's not always a bad thing. There can be many people that we look to and say, he's my hero, and what a great thing that can be. But at the same time, this series of sermons gives us an opportunity to also compare and contrast the differences between what we might call a hero and that true hero, Jesus. For example... Although this isn't always the case, I would say it's very possible that one of the things that a hero in today's world does is a hero often invites temptation. Now I'm not saying that uh, in their news clips or concerts they're actively inviting somebody to participate in an act or a thought that is contrary to God's will, But what I would say is that they often represent that for which many would covet, whether it be popularity, fame, talents and abilities, money and power. It can be just fine to ascribe and aspire to those kind of things and want to be successful in life, but just where is it? where aspirations cross the line and become covetousness. A word we don't use too often, but that which could be used to describe so much of our society, earnestly wanting and desiring that which is not ours. It's kind of the opposite of true godly contentment. And insofar as uh, heroes today may lead us to covet, that's what I mean about inviting temptation. In contrast, in our reading of chapter 3 in the story this week, we encountered Jesus being led by the Spirit after his baptism into the wilderness, and there it says he was tempted by the devil. You might recall that. Even if you haven't read the story this week, Jesus was tempted by the devil to turn stones into bread, to jump down from a high point because the devil said, hey, God's not going to let anything happen to you. And eventually he tempted him to bow down and worship him. But instead of Jesus giving in to those temptations or inviting more temptations, our hero resisted temptation. Notice how he handled the devil in this uh, final temptation recorded for us in the story. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That's the proper response to temptation, to resist with God's word, and to know where our priorities are, that there is only one that we can worship as our God. There is only one that can be top in our life. And yet so often, we easily replace that one with our own heroes and aspirations. Another reason that we may be drawn to certain people of what they do for us as heroes is that they entertain. They give us great joy in life and excitement. They inspire and they cause us to to perhaps get the most out of life. I don't know how many of you are big basketball fans. For some of you, this time of year has got to seem like torture when the NCAA is on and hardly any work gets done at work or at home, for that matter. Yes, guilty as charged to a certain degree. But how exciting it is when there's a hero of a game And there's some underdog that makes the winning shot or whatever it might be. And and to see the emotion and all that is worked up in life, God's made us to be emotional creatures, to experience the true highs of life and, unfortunately, also the lows. But how incredibly sophisticated our lives are because of our ability to be entertained and to be inspired and so forth. But of all of those who may serve as our heroes... How many of them make a true difference in our lives? How many of our heroes come to us and bring us their touch? Because that's what our true hero does. The man with leprosy, he was an outcast. His life was so different than it used to be because of his disease. He falls at his knees and begs Jesus. He was probably already breaking some rules by approaching Jesus that closely. And he says, Lord, if you are willing, you can heal me. And what does Jesus do? He reaches out his hand and he touches the one with the contagious leprosy. He reaches out his hand and places it upon the one who is unclean, which was unlawful to do. And yet he says to him, I am willing, be clean. And that man's life was changed. Not just physically, but I can only imagine the inner inner change that took place in him. That's what our hero does in our lives. Yes, he does grant healing still through the medical sciences, of course. Yes, he may even choose to do miracles at times. But above all, we, when we recognize just how unclean we are before him because of the times we have so often failed to put God first in our life, when we've got caught up into this hero worship and been distracted, when we realize that, we fall on our knees before him and say, Lord, if you are willing, you can cleanse us, you can heal us, and he does. He reaches out his hand and he touches you and me and he says, I am willing, be clean, and we are. We experience his grace and our lives are changed once again from the inside. And we are right with God. There's one other thing that I'd like to point out that can make our heroes of the day seem so inviting and draw so much attention. And that is because they have a tendency, whether explicitly or implicitly, they have a tendency to promise the world, You know, you've seen it. Some great celebrity who does really well in music, theater, sports, and the next thing, they're endorsing products. It's one way to make a living. But the impression is given that if you do this, you will have everything that I have, whether it's eating at a certain restaurant or wearing these kind of shoes or whatever it might be. They promise the world. Did you notice that that's precisely what Satan does? That's what he did to Jesus. It says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. Satan was promising the world. You can have it all, Jesus. Look at this shortcut. I will just give you my power or the power that you want over these people. You can have their hearts. You can have these kingdoms. But all you have to do is worship me. Now as to one who knew he had to face the cross, I wonder how great a temptation that was even more than perhaps we can imagine. And yet... True to his nature, our hero resisted. He said, away from me. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only. You see, our hero, instead of promising the world, saves the world. For God so loved the world That he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a hero. Someone from a position of weakness or adversity. Someone who is in danger, yet still displays a will for self-sacrifice for the greater good of all humanity. So how do we worship our hero? Believe it or not, I think there's some overlap here between what we see in the world's hero worship and how we are invited to worship our Savior. You know, if you really like someone these days and you want to know everything about them, well, what's the first thing you might do? You might follow them, be it on Facebook or Twitter, you can find out as much as you want to know and you can keep up with their every action and know what they're thinking at the latest moment when you follow them. Well, as you might know, that concept is nothing new. To be able to follow means that you follow someone even as Jesus Invited his disciples to follow him. Our story talked about him calling Peter and Andrew, James and John, Matthew, and all of his disciples. He said, Follow me. And they did. They came after him, they lived with him, and they didn't even need a computer. May we follow him ever more closely. But another thing that happens in the cult of hero worship is people have a tendency to talk. Not only do they follow, they share. And they tell others. Your hero is coming to the the palace for for a concert. You let other people know. You try to generate energy. Let's get tickets. Let's set up a a road trip. Let's go down. We're going to have a great time. And you make those plans months in advance. How wonderful and awesome it can be. We can't help but tell. Did you notice that was the case for our man who was healed of leprosy? Jesus warned him with a strong warning, do not tell anyone about this. But instead, the man went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, out but excuse me outward entered a town outward openly but stayed outside in lonely places yet the people still came to him from everywhere you want to see true hero worship We can't imagine quite like those crowds were as they came to Jesus. They had heard he was the Messiah. They was heard he was a great teacher. They heard he could heal. They wanted to hear him. They wanted to see him. They wanted to touch him. And so they came and spread the news. They told everyone, oh, may it be. May we continue to share that type of excitement and enthusiasm for the only true hero. And finally, here's where you may get a distinction between hero worship today and worshiping the true hero. One of the ways that people worship their hero is to indulge themselves. And what I mean by that is this, as much as they feel that they're showing appreciation to the one, they really are treating themselves, whether that's to a ticket to a concert or a game, to watching them on TV, to having a a piece, a souvenir, an autograph, a jersey, you name it. It ultimately is a self-serving type of thing. But in contrast, our hero says... If you would come after me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. You see, our hero invites us to give ourselves. Our hero invites us to sacrifice ourselves so that we might know the true meaning of worship. Now the details, we know some of them of how we can live. But there's more to learn. And in fact, next week when Pastor Brandt talks with us about a hero's wisdom, we'll have the opportunity to learn from that wisdom and how that wisdom applies to our lives so that we can grow in our faith and in our ability to worship Jesus, our hero. In his name, amen.